0: In the summer of 1995, a wave of livestock killings rocked the towns of rural Puerto Rico. The victims were found with wounds at their throats, seemingly empty of blood. Without a culprit, dark rumors spread throughout the island. Somebody, somewhere, gave the culprit a name. Chupacabra, the goat sucker. That August, as the panic was building to a fever pitch, A woman named Madeleine Tolentino reported a bizarre sighting outside her mother's house in Canovanas. A long-limbed, earless creature with a spiny back appeared in the yard, she said. Huge eyes staring through the window. Spooked by her scream, the thing leaped into the jungle. In the wake of Tolentino's account, and aided by a sketch she later produced with local UFO researcher Jorge Martin, reports of bipedal, spiny, and red-eyed creatures proliferated, over 200 in Puerto Rico alone. Some asserted that it was an escaped United States experiment, or an alien collecting blood to spread AIDS. Its form fluctuated wildly, the number of spines on its back, whether it crept or leaped, or flew on bat wings, or floated through the air using psychokinesis. The first sighting in the continental United States took place a year later in Miami, with others appearing in Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Spain, and Portugal. Within a few years, the chupacabra had transformed into a full-blown global phenomenon. This is monstrous. and welcome to another episode of Monstras. Sorry we've been away for a long time. Uh, We've had a lot of things happening in our lives uh, lately, including uh, both of us getting new jobs. That's right. Shit's been going down. (laughs) And it's fantastic news for both of us. Like I've gotten a new job with the UC system here in California. So I'm in Oakland and it's a wonderful commute it's a commute from an hour and a half when I was commuting into San Francisco now it's an 18 minute commute like it's literally I get home in 30 minutes whoa it's that's dr- amazing it's a dream it's a dream <laughs> anyways besides me you've also been going through a big move
1: I am living now in New York City I'm living in Queens oh my god amazing uh, so we're living in, like, complete opposite places.
0: Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you're experiencing a heat wave. We, if I look out my window a little bit right now, the overcast is gone, but it's still pretty cool here.
1: So much hate directed from me <laughs> towards you right now. I hate the heat. I absolutely hate the heat. And, and yet- it's, it's been so strong.
0: And yet, you've grown up in nothing but heat.
1: I I tried to move away. I couldn't think of a place close, co- colder than Michigan. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you and it was still hot. Oh, my
0: God. Well, you got, well, it doesn't matter because you got a good job yeah. with
1: what college was it or what school was it again? It's uh, SUNY, so State University of New York at Old Westbury, so on Long Island. I'll be a professor in American Studies and Media Studies.
0: <gasps> Yay! I hope you teach that class again about monsters and
1: stuff. Oh, yeah. I totally want to teach about monsters. Yay!
0: Make people <laughs> actually learn about it. Um, scare the children. Yes! Scare them, kids. <laughs> um, And the other thing that I wanted to talk about quickly, too, is we are always looking to improve our... Uh, podcast. So I'm trying this uh, slightly different, more formalized structure for our episodes. So that's what we're going to be kind of jumping into today because today, super exciting episode. I'm so excited about this topic. Can you introduce us to it?
1: Yes. So today we're going to be talking about a very well-known monster, El Chupacabras. And this is, okay, already off the bat, I'm confused. And why? <laughs> so I call it chupacabras multiple and other people do chupacabra. So singular? Oh. That's something that I mean hopefully people can tell us which one is right. I don't know. Maybe Mexicans just want a lot of goats. A
0: lot of oh well, a lot of goat suckers, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what chupacabras means is, is chupa. Yeah. Chupa suck. And uh, cabras is uh, is goat, goat,
1: yeah. But I remember like growing up, always hearing about the chupacabras, and there was all they were always on primer impacto and all those horrible news. Uh, oh news my things. god,
0: primer impacto, you're bringing me Memories. back, <laughs> bringing me back. <laughs> How
1: about you? Did, you? did you grow up hearing about chupacabra? So,
0: I do remember it being talked about in both Spanish and, like, English te- television, but I barely remember it. Like, we talked about it a little bit. I I saw it. But really, a lot of what I knew and what I started to kind of understand of what the chupacabra was, was through cultural osmosis. Because I don't remember sitting down and being like, oh, look at this episode on Primer Impacto about, like, the chupacabras and all these, you know, uh, weird tv shows about weird animals and cryptids i don't remember that specifically but i do remember it just it was just so prevalent in our culture you know
1: yeah it was it was just a big figure in the like 90s and early 2000s it was it had its own following It, it was a thing it was a huge thing i am so always surprised by it yeah, and like we mentioned, or you mentioned, the name chupacabras comes from Spanish. Chupar means to suck, and cabras meaning goats. And it was first coined by Silverio Perez in Puerto Rico. And this creature does just that. It sucks the blood, or kills the livestock generally, but primarily goats. And honestly, who doesn't? Who isn't a chupacabra? I love me some goat. Really? Goat? Yeah, so, it's good.
0: Uh, no, I haven't had goat, and I'm now I'm I'm like shit. Maybe I should go eat goat at some point because I've had lamb, but no. I mean, I I'd be down to eat some goat. The only thing that I probably wouldn't eat in the world is like anything domesticated, obviously like highly domesticated like pets, mm-hmm. but other than that, everything's kind of fair game to me. Like I've eaten kangaroo. Really? Yeah, it's very gamey. I don't. I don't particularly love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just remember, like, goat. And they make the stew in the goat blood. What? So it's extra, like, rich. Yeah. Oh, I didn't
0: know that. Yeah. Well... It sounds delicious. Well, at some point, I'll eat some goddamn goat. <laughs> yeah,
1: but this is this is why I think chupacabras likes goats. They're delicious.
0: Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough about a la- uh, goat, not lamb. Goat. Let's talk about uh, our first section, which is what it looks like. So, can you describe how it looks like, orchidia? i I've never
1: seen one, but I can tell you how <laughs> other people have described the chupacabras. <laughs> I don't want people to think this is, like, my own sighting. I don't want to take that <laughs> from others. So one of the ways it's been described is as a spine-backed alien, hairless, with a mouth that looks like a tapeworm and really circular, sharp teeth. The The description of the sizes varies between the size of, a, like, a medium dog to a small bear.
0: Which is a, then, it's a lot. That's a lot.
1: That's, yeah, you have no idea what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> it could be a small you... dog or a giant bear. <laughs> it's really... Not cool. <laughs> yeah. And another one, another description is a winged kangaroo or some type of goblin looking creature, which sounds really scary. Oh, God. So we we have a photo here where the chupacabra has really long limbs and a beak like mouth. So it's a weird bird mammal mix.
0: It reminds um, me of a duck billed dinosaur,
1: this depiction that they've drawn, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we need to share these on social media. We'll share some of these images that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, because they're they're freaky. Yeah, the the one with the glowing and it has like glowing red eyes. But it's it, think of a think of a duck billed dinosaur, but it's like more hunched backed and like it has like all these spines coming out of its back. It's,
1: yeah, it's freaky the weird porcupine thing and the red glowing eyes is definitely something that kept coming up in descriptions of the chupacabras which i think makes it extra eerie and supernatural yeah exactly yeah and one of the other descriptions is that it looks like a predatory monkey or mongoose creature and sometimes with wings so which and some people say that it flies which <laughs> is hilarious so
0: hilarious it's like you don't okay so first of all you don't know what goddamn size this thing is So either a a small, like, you know, dog-like creature is going to fly down from the sky or a small damn bear is going to (laughs) just pummel you to death and suck your blood. Like, what am I expecting here?
1: Exactly. There's no way to know. And I think that's why the sightings have traveled. And we'll talk about this further, but how the sightings have been all over the world because it can be anything that captures your imagination.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And so in searching for these photos, you know, I started to kind of compile all the different ways that chupacabra has been drawn and described I came across one that I totally remembered from childhood like it clicked in my head I was like oh my god this is the one that I remember out of all the things that I um you know didn't quite uh I didn't really absorb or watch like this is the thing that stuck in my head of how it looked like so This interpretation is very interesting. It has kind of like an ant-like head with big, big, big alien, like the big alien eyes. And it has, uh, of course, their red, red eyes. Uh, They look like the grays from the X-Files. Like, that's kind of how it looks like, I guess. It has the telltale spikes. So almost all the interpretations have spikes, starting from the top of the head, going down along its spine. It stands on these two legs with like super sharp claws located on both its hands and its feet and it has and this depiction has two sharp little like teeth at the end of the mouth which it uses to sh- with sharp precision according to legend and folklore you know so that's where that's where the goat sucking happens is in these two little front teeth at least in this drawing and interpretation which again is just I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, it was very nostalgic for some reason.
1: <laughs> and that's what's so, yeah, I look at these and I'm like, the one that reminds me most is that third one where it looks like a weird predator predatory monkey. That's the one that's most familiar to me for some reason. Which
0: one? Is it the, oh, the one with the wings? Yeah. My God, I just don't understand. I'm like, it's, it's, you don't even, you don't really know what's coming is essentially what, what what's going on here so let's get into the behavior of la chupacabra you know how how it hunts and how to spot one of its victims okay
1: so this is the part where we put on our X files hat Ooh. and we have to do and examine our carcass and look look into the, some of the clues
0: yes so imagine so everybody, unless you're driving, close your eyes. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't drive with your eyes closed. So imagine you're a humble farmer, you know, working your butt off from sunrise to sunset, milking them cows, collecting them eggs from chickens. And on one normal, regular morning, you go out to the field where you keep your goats and you find a few of them laying down. And you're like, huh, that's odd. Why are they sleeping? So they're taking a little nap in the middle of the day. Why is that? So you go up to them and you check them out and you realize they're dead. So they're not, they're not <laughs> sleeping at all. They are dead. So They're in that permanent sleep. They're in that permanent sleep. Exactly. Upon closer examination, you find that it looks deflated almost like the insides have been sucked out. You keep examining this poor goat, which maybe you you named the goat, you know, and it's really sad. You named him, you know, Pepita or something, Pepita the goat, and poor Pepita is dead now. And for some reason, it looks like she's had her insides sucked out. And you notice that on her neck, there are two puncture wounds. You already know that Jose, your rival farmer from down the street who hates you because he's a dick didn't kill this goat. <laughs> you know, your, your rival, I know, for some reason in, in this scenario, I've made up a rival named Jose. And you know that it wasn't this guy, because he's not going around with sharp teeth uh, biting goats, obviously. If it wasn't that dick-ass Jose,
1: <laughs> who killed this goat? Well, obviously, it can only be one culprit. Don, don, don. The Chupacabra. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In March 1995, this exact thing did occur, or at least something similar, except no horrible Jose. I don't know why you felt the need to include him, but all right.
0: <laughs> He's my made-up character. He's an I'm, asshole.
1: I'm sorry to all the Jose's out there.
0: <laughs> not all. Hashtag not all Jose's. Exactly.
1: this happened in 1995. Eight sheep were found dead and soon around 150 farm animals and pets all across the island had been found dead and drained of blood so this is taking place in Puerto Rico in the 90s so as Puerto Rico is being rocked by these killings Madeline Tolentino says she spots a creature in Canovanas and she's the origin or patient zero and is where the description of the chupacabra comes from during that time period And then from there, the legend spreads. Can you tell us a a little bit about where else the Chupacabra has been spotted, Brenda?
0: Absolutely. After this first sighting, so everything, so the Chupacabra, for those of you uh, who might not know, it didn't originate, obviously, in Mexico. It originated in Puerto Rico.
1: You're breaking my heart. I
0: know, I know. It's not, it's not a Mexican legend. So after this first sighting in 95 in Puerto Rico, and with Tolentino's account now out in the world, more people began to report like these mysterious death of farm animals all over the place. It started in Puerto Rico and really started to spread in places like into Mexico, into Argentina, Chile, Colombia. And then it's made its way to the U.S., primarily kind of in the su- southwestern region. Obviously, it's spread from there as well all throughout the U.S. And then it's, it's made its way as far as China Which I was super surprised. I was like, what kind of creature? I mean, they have goats in China,
1: right? Sure.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. But now that we've talked about the way it hunts and its behavior and and how it acts, let's go into a little bit of the history of like, where does this legend originate from? Uh, Because it's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, And then, like I said, growing up, I thought the Chupacabras was a Mexican monster. I'm still disturbed it's not. I don't know why we feel (laughs) the need to claim it as our own, but we do. Um, But in doing research, it was fascinating to see the real origins and and also how different countries have fought for it. Mm. and how all of them want to be different, like original Chupacabra hotspots.
0: I know, and too bad because it belongs to Puerto Rico and the Chupacabra is a Boricua. No,
1: <laughs> it's a U.S. citizen. Then. It's a
0: U.S. citizen, yes. The, the Chupacabra is a U.S. citizen. It can't vote in the election, but it can definitely vote. I think it can vote for, um, what is it, primaries or something, right? Yeah, president.
1: I think it can't vote for president, Puerto Rico?
0: I don't think so. Oh, my God. Let's look it up. No, they do not have voting rights uh, for president, but they can participate in the presidential primary process.
1: That's insane.
0: Yes. Yes, I know. That's it's pretty shitty. It's let me tell you, it's pretty shitty because Puerto Rico's history is is insanely complex and awesome. But let's concentrate on the monster really quick. So The history of the monster or the chupacabra is pretty complex, actually. So most of us know that the sightings and attacks began around the 1990s in Puerto Rico. However, there are a few sources that differ. In the book La Conspiración Chupacabras, Jorge Martin dates sightings all the way back to the mid-70s. And during these early attacks in the 70s, witnesses described it as a creature between 4 to 7 feet thick brown or black hair, and humanoid figure with, again, bright eyes. But no mention of the spines. No mention of it walking kind of like on all four legs, but really kind of walking on two legs.
1: Yeah. This is a great book, too. I highly recommend it. It's in Spanish. I haven't been able to find an English version of it, but it really is... It connects the chupacabras to aliens. I think you'll like it, Brenda.
0: Oh, my God. Yes, I do (laughs) love aliens.
1: So Jorge Martín's research shows that between 79 and 1980, there were mutilations of farm live chickens and rabbits in La Zapera, Beatriz y Parcelas Muñiz in the towns of Sidra and Calle, Puerto Rico. Some witnesses say that around that time of the attacks, there's also white orbs or lights in the sky. Whoa. the alien.
0: Are aliens really, like, I don't know what a white orb
1: is, but it ain't an alien. That sounds more like ghost-like to me. What? White orbs in the sky? Lights in the sky sound like aliens. Okay,
0: lights in the sky. Okay, okay. so white orbs or lights in the sky. Okay, I see. Okay, I all right, fine. I guess ghosts don't magically float up into the air and float up there, right?
1: According to you, ghosts don't exist. So. I
0: mean, no, they don't. <laughs> but I'm just asking you who believes ghosts exist and your expertise in ghosts, if they yeah. do fly up into the sky
1: for no goddamn reason. They usually try to stay close to where people are. Okay. Like like Ariel.
0: So, so aliens are like almost like sky figures and ghosts are like earthly figures.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I buy that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So uh, we were talking about where the mutilations were taking place in 79 and 80. And I'm not really familiar. I'm not really super familiar with Puerto Rican geography. So I did some quick research. Cidra and Calle both are in central Puerto Rico. Tourism doesn't seem to be very big in Cidra. So they were economically reliant on agriculture. And Calle is south of Cidra. And it's also uh, super mountainous. And it also was an agricultural region until Operation Bootstrap. So it seems like both were heavily av- agricultural. Oh, what is Operation Bootstrap? I knew you were going to ask and I didn't look it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, how, if you knew I was going to ask, why did you not look it up? don't know.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Let me see. It's a name given to a series of projects which transformed the economy of Puerto Rico into an industrial and developed one. Sounds pretty... Let me guess. The Am- Amer- America came up with it. And it's, yeah. So is... it's... Oh, my God. The federal government of the United States, together with what is known as Puerto Rico Industrial Development Company, set forth a series of ambitious economical projects that evolved Puerto Rico into an industrially industrial high-income territory. I mean, I bet you it didn't work and um, the United States is to blame for it. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Or that sounds about white.
1: (laughs) Yes? No?
0: Okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, 1990. So remember the year 1995 is a super key year in Chupacabra legend history. In 1995, according to Jorge Martin, this is where the creature gets its name. So this is the origin story of the Chupacabra name. So musician, comedian, writer, producer, and columnist. Wow, he does a lot of things. Silverio Perez is credited for coining the term Chupacabras on his radio show, "The Eso Yo Quiero Hablar, uh, while reporting the attacks. I just love that
1: name. Yeah. The Eso Yo Quiero Hablar because <laughs> it sounds like it could be like a really it could be like a news show but it could also be just a bunch of gossip I yeah. That. yeah seriously
0: there would be a show that I would listen to obviously and for those of you who don't speak Spanish the uh, os- eso yo quiero hablar it just translates to that's what I want to talk about
1: yeah it's so... and every time you say it you say it with so much attitude I know I just love it
0: I love it I, I want it's, to it's what it, it it reminds me of, it's like, you have to embed it with, with that kind of attitude. You have to say, you can't say that title without having it be with some attitude.
1: Yeah. Martín also cites a few things that happened that year, so 1995, around the area of Orocovis For example, and this was originally in Spanish, so I did a quick translate from the book. He writes, quote, Saturday, March 18th, other sheep were attacked in a similar way that they were in Finca de Barreto, one of the dead animals was injected with venom and left as bait for the mysterious attacker. If a dog was responsible for the attacks, then if it came back to eat the poisoned sheep, it would die and the affair would be cleared. Some attacks continued in the area, but by March 25th, the poisoned sheep was still there, just rotting away. So what they did was they, they thought that they would... This is how they would catch the chupacabras or whoever was doing this. They would put poison in one of the sheeps that was dead and... That did not work. The chupacabras did not come back to finish that that one particular animal.
0: It doesn't make sense, to be honest. If you're trying to capture an animal that supposedly likes drinking fresh blood from a, an an animal that is alive, then obviously you're not going to get results from a dead animal that's poisoned. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Obviously, no one did at that time either. Right.
1: I mean, but you also, you assume, I guess, that if you leave something out for something to eat, they'll eat it like an easy meal.
0: Yes. But if you're thinking about like behavior of something that likes to suck blood you know like think of other animals that are kind of close to that too like mosquitoes vampires vampires you know they want their yes (laughs) yes that's a good example vampires they want fresh victims that they can seduce (laughs) same with mosquitoes they want fresh victims that they can seduce but they like fresh blood they don't just drink you know random ass blood i think that's why it's a flawed strategy from the
1: beginning well, you should have been a farmer in Puerto Rico. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really should have. I should have been there because yeah. I would have. Uh, I would have caught that chupacabra. <laughs> don't you? Don't you even like? I would have caught it. But also, it doesn't makes. It might make sense for scavengers too. Like if you have an animal that scavenged, scavenges, they might have inadvertently poisoned other animals that weren't chupacabra. That's true. You know, I, I think it's a flaw. It's a bit of a flawed strategy. So then let's get into what is the truth? What is the Chupacabra? Or do we even believe in it? Because I certainly don't. Some, (laughs) I can already give you my opinion. I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, don't really believe in it, obviously. But some scientists argue, you know, and I agree. I tend to agree with this, is that it is uh, coyotes or dogs with mange. Because at this point, they're weakened By the disease, they're more likely to attack livestock because they're easy. You know, goats are pretty easy to attack because they're pretty docile. However, unlike, you know, creatures that we've heard of before, like the legend of the Bigfoot or Loch Ness, we're actually really lucky with the chupacabra because we have some concrete evidence to try to actually prove that the chupacabra is real or not. In almost all the cases where a chupacabra corpse has been found, it turned out to be a coyote or dog suffering from mange. In one case, it was a fish. Someone mistook a bloody fish for the chupacabra.
1: I love that story.
0: <laughs> I mean, I when I was reading it I was like I want to know more about this story. Like I want to know more about this story. Like yeah. I that was the only thing that they said is like someone mistook a dead fish for chupacabra. And I've seen some pictures of chupacabra corpses, air quotes. And most of them look like poor, suffering dogs. So I do not recommend people Googling it if you love dogs like I do, because it made me really sad.
1: Yeah. And I think (laughs) they, I don't want to, I want to believe, I don't know why that the chupacabra is real. They're just extra creepy. They are. But obviously they're not there hasn't been any proof and everything that's been caught has been just a mangy creature um and mange is caused by a parasitic mite that burrows into a mammal skin see this is more terrifying than the chupacabra
0: it really is just it's knowing horrifying. about
1: this. so mange causes hair loss in fur covered animals canine scabies or sar- sarcoptic mange is the mm-hmm. more contagious form of mange and causes intense itching in the poor infected animal. Skin damage occurs from the animal intense biting and scratching. So the itchier they get, the more they bite at it and the worse their Ugh. skin gets. Um. So that's why the skin can sometimes look all scaly and shriveled. It's, yeah, it's I don't.
0: It's horrible. I highly recommend you not Googling mange because I had to just to see like what it looked like and in how these people could mistake a chupacabra for for oh yeah it's yeah it's goddamn freaky i mean they look they have no more hair their skin's kind of scaly it's terrible and a really cool fact that i found out in researching this is that primates so us and our ancestors were the original hosts of these mites and so while we do get scabies We get like a, what is it called? It's kind of, yeah, we get, I think, scabies. It's it's kind of like a a mild rash for us. But for dogs, coyotes, and other canines, they can actually really suffer. They can die from it. So we as humans actually ended up passing it on to the canids or the, the canine family, which is really sad. I'm like, God damn it, humans. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? You, The dog is our best friend. I love the dogs. Okay. so I love dogs. <laughs> but okay. So back to the chupacabra. Let's say that the chupacabra is really a dog or coyote or some sort of canine with mange. How do you then explain the puncture wounds on its neck or the fact that these animals
1: were found drained of blood? Well, Benjamin Radford has an answer for you. He's a (laughs) skeptic. So Radford's a skeptic who intensely investigated the Chupacabra. uh, And he said that it isn't uncommon for coyotes or other canine predators to take a bite and just leave. I didn't know they did that, but I guess they just taste and leave.
0: Yeah. So like very dickish of them.
1: I'm like, wow, you finish your meal. Yeah. Where's your mom? (laughs) People are uh, other coyotes are starving out there. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So when they bite the animal, the the bin animal is left to die um, with only a pair of puncture wounds, which is what we find in the carcasses. As for the missing blood, it's not really missing. It just coagulates to the lowest part of the body. If y'all watch all those CSI shows, they talk about it all the time. Like you can tell how the body was positioned based on lividity or where the blood goes. Right. Yes. And that's why it seems like there's no blood. There's no blood, but there really is blood. It's just all in one spot. Exactly. Yeah. I still want to go back to this alien element because I really thought (laughs) you would pick up on it. (laughs) So, is one possible truth that the Chupacabra is an alien?
0: I. So. No. I don't think so because (laughs) mostly because. Okay, so first of all, when you think of aliens, I do believe in aliens. I do believe that aliens exist. However, I highly doubt that they've ever visited. I just think that they live somewhere in space, somewhere in the far reaches of the galaxy, maybe to places that we can't even, will never, ever, ever see because light just doesn't reach our, our planet from that far away. But when you're talking about aliens and the possibility of aliens, you do have things like, you know, spaceships. Yes, you have like the bright lights in the sky, but I don't know, It's it's not... It doesn't make any sense, you know. It, there are descriptions that describe the Chupacara as very alien-like, but it just doesn't make sense, and it makes more sense that they're rabid animals, or even I also wondered if it was maybe more than likely a serial killer. Serial killers have this tendency tendency when they're escalating to human murders to kill a lot of animals first. And so maybe this dude went on a rampage killing a bunch of animals and then moved on to humans, right? But I did some limited research. I'm, I'm not going to say that I did an in-depth research and could not find any information on Puerto Rican serial killers besides just one dude. And he really he really didn't kill in Puerto Rico a lot. He killed some, but um, he actually ended up killing a lot of people also in America so or in the States. So yeah, I just... Aliens? No. No. <laughs> Just like You're with ancient aliens. It. No, I'm not buying it. Nope.
1: Alright. I thought this would be like your chance to to be close to a real alien.
0: No, no. I wouldn't... First of all, I. what do you think? I'm going to make out with the Chupacabra? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know what you do what in you, your free time.
0: What are, you try, what are you trying to say? You trying to say that I'm going to make out and like date the Chupacabra? Like,
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe.
0: <laughs> have its weird alien babies. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be kind of cool?
1: See, there I'm, you go. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Not for the sexy parts or anything like that. I just want to have like children that I can unleash upon the world that will, you know do my bidding and kill people. So that would be great. I think that's interesting.
1: You're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of my favorite theories, and one that gets us to talk about the popular culture portion of this episode, comes from an interview with Lauren Coleman, who's the director of the International Crypto- Cryptology Museum in Portland, Maine. Her theory is that the sightings in Puerto Rico coincide with the release of the movie Species on the island. So perhaps people were influenced by that alien and created their own. I think that's hilarious.
0: I think that's the funniest shit. because, And I think that's that's more closer to the truth than anything else. Uh, combined with the coyote, maybe, you know, dog with mange. But this, so when
1: they, what? This doesn't, th- that theory, I like it for the 90s, but it doesn't explain the 70s. Oh.
0: Damn, that's a good point. I mean, so I mean the only thing that I I I can see this being more kind of um lend itself to this theory is that when they mentioned Madeline Tolentino's name in one of the articles, they mentioned that species had just come out a month before. So a month before you know, the description that Dolentino had for the chupacabra came out, that's when species came out. So according to Radford, our homie Radford, who's also the editor of Skeptical Inquirer Science magazine, and he actually did a lot of intense research on the chupacabra, like he traveled all throughout Latin America searching for patient zero, and I think he's the one who actually found Dolentino. So some of, his, some of the theories uh, of where the chupacabra came from stem from anti-American sentiment, which I don't blame. After reading about Operation Bootstraps, I'm like, uh-huh, that makes sense. So quoting Bradford, I spoke to several Puerto Ricans who felt that the U.S. had exploited, shortchanged, and ignored the island in economic and many other ways, he says. Most recently, this resentment has played out in the island's ongoing debt crisis. So the theory goes that an American lab, this is my favorite theory, by the way, that an American lab operating in in, in El Yunque uh, Forest, which is in southern part of uh, Puerto Rico, let out a genetically altered creature that eventually became known as La Chupacabra. Super reminiscent, again, of the species movie. And for those of you who don't know what the species movie is, it's that movie with um the creature in the movie's name is Sill and I guess I read a little bit of the plot. It's like this this mad scientist, of course, he's American, mad scientist who decides to inject alien DNA into these eggs into these female like human eggs. All of them die except for one. And it's this hot sexy woman. This is the, this is the uh, the Isn't this the movie with the sexy woman in the chair and she like lifts her leg? <laughs> shows everyone her vagina and then puts it back puts the other leg back over the other one <laughs> right?
1: puts the vagina back
0: puts the vagina back no her legs her legs
1: no She's that's, not that that's alien. a different that's a different no that's basic in- instinct and there's no aliens oh, fuck. in that movie I really thought it was that one no oh my
0: god i really thought it was ba- oh no i mixed them up i've never seen either one so <laughs> that's that's it-
1: that's sharon stone I thought it was
0: the so <laughs> sexy what the fuck is basic instinct about?
1: She's like a criminal and I, I don't know, something like that. I haven't seen it either. But no aliens, I promise.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Well well I fucked that up. No, so it's good. Not, I really thought I really thought it was the same movie. Okay, well, that was my bad. So anyways. In the movie, the creature still has a spined back and huge eyes, which is similar to Tolentino's description, although not quite exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have no... I'm so bad at popular culture. I'm so bad. So why don't we dive into the popular culture section of this story and you
1: can tell more about okay. it. I think... I'm just laughing because I'm picturing like Sharon Stone turning into an alien or like what she you know flashes them something coming out that's like oh alien God. that would be it's like a amazing movie i would watch that it's like a tentacle that shoots out of her vagina
0: and just like kills men instantly i would i would watch that i would lo- i would love that yeah that would be that's the dream yeah that's my
1: dream <laughs> i think that's specific to you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's the dream but that's a dream
0: <laughs> that's a dream that's a single
1: dream yeah
0: <laughs> i would love that that'd be so cool
1: but we did we did do some research although it doesn't seem like we did we did <laughs> <laughs> and there are other influences or there's other images of the chupacabras that have come out after 1995
0: there are a few appear- appearances in popular media thank you to tv tropes for compiling all of these so, apparently, Chupacabra showed up in a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> it's <laughs> a movie. It's a full movie. Oh, it's, oh, my God. It's a full. Oh, my God. Okay.
1: It's horrible.
0: I, I'm i sure it is. And the monster of Mexico. Uh, or so, the monster was in the Scooby-Doo and the monster of Mexico. Oh, okay. So, that was the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Sounds stupid. The monster was the Chupacabra and he was Aztec. Yeah. What?
1: I don't know. I didn't write it, but it sounds dumb.
0: It sounds so stupid. Okay. Uh, it's also in one of the Fantastic Beast movies, which I didn't know. What the fuck? Where is. Where? Where in the Fantastic Beast? So, there is a, wait, I'm just. I'm mad now. I'm just like, my head, my head is spinning on this because. Is it a wizard?
1: No, no, no! It's like there's a. <laughs> just, it's just a monster, a okay. In like the Grimwald one, they just mentioned the chupacabras, and there's like a chupacabras.
0: Oh my god! I need yeah. to look this up. This it's is not. My, it's not a
1: big. It's not a, a starring role for the chupacabras. It had It's you know, an extra.
0: Oh. Okay. Okay. Got it. And then there's a sci-fi movie, called, The Chupacabra versus the Alamo. Which I saw a video of it, or not a video of it. I saw a uh, the poster of it, mm-hmm. and it's just some guy with a shotgun. That guy is Eric Alamo. Estrada. Oh my god, is it? Yes. <gasps> Eric Estrada is in this fucking movie.
1: Yes, which makes it amazing.
0: I need to watch this.
1: Yeah, that we need to do a know. movie review for this one.
0: Oh my god, I did not know Eric Estrada was was the man yeah because oh my god this poster is hysterical he's standing in front of kind of like it looks like the backdrop of a El- the uh alamo it doesn't even look like he's standing in front of the real alamo yeah. that it's green screened in and then the, the chupacabra like a figure of the chupacabra is like floating in the corner yeah. you know and it's just so it's the corniest goddamn shit and i was just like oh my god so i'm we gotta watch it so there's also a few direct-to-video movies called La La What Is That Chupacabra Terror Terror Chupacabra Territory and just Chupacabra. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of pop culture stuff for Chupacabras. Yeah, there's a lot out there. And it was also mentioned in an episode of Bones, that boring ass movie, the TV show that me and my my roommate hate. <laughs> Oh, it just, it's so boring. It's so boring. I'm sorry to anyone who's a fan of Bones, but I guess, I guess you like boring things. <laughs> Grim. Supernatural. I'm not surprised it was in Supernatural. Not surprised at all. And uh, Xena, Warrior Princess. That, I need to, what epi I have seen so many episodes of Xena, Warrior Princess. I do not remember the Chupacabra, any of them.
1: I I don't either. So this is from TV tropes, and they mentioned that it's kind of like in the background. They, it's not really called the chupacabras, but it's described in the same way.
0: But why? That makes the least amount of sense than the other ones because Xenowar Princess takes place presumably in ancient Greece, and so what the fuck is the chupacabra doing in ancient Greece?
1: I don't know, eating goats.
0: Oh my god! Anyways, that's hysterical. That's so ridiculous. So ridiculous.
1: And this is, yeah, a very limited list, I think. We didn't include a good chunk of movies that are out there, thankfully. Thankfully. (laughs) So one of the most popular appearances um, of the Chupacabras was in the X-Files episode called El Mundo Gira. Have you watched that episode? No, I've never watched it. I didn't watch every single X-Files
0: episode, but I did watch a good chunk of them.
1: Okay. So, I haven't watched it either. I've watched, like, clips of it just because I know, like, a few folks have written about this episode because it talks about immigration and Latinos in the U.S. and all that fun stuff. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's the great article by Dr. Catherine Keeney, which talks about the way that alien is was used in the 1990s as a way to talk about people And to talk about people as completely different and dangerous. So, like, uh, you know, outer space aliens and alien from another country. Kind of meshing those two things together. So, in the episode of The X-Files in Mundo Gira, the Chupacabra isn't real. But there's this contagion carried by immigrants from Mexico. They have this enzyme that causes a fungal infection and then death. So, that's... yeah. So the extraterrestrial alien is used to argue that immigrants, the other kind of aliens, must be watched and contained for national safety, is what she argues. It's a really great article, and it wow. makes me want to watch that episode again, or for the first time. I can't remember.
0: Wow. So it's it's really part of the anti-immigrant, like, rhetoric that's going on. Well, not now, but it's it's been going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still going on. But yeah, definitely during the culture wars of the 90s and 2000s, this idea that immigrant communities needed to stay out of the U.S. and were definitely alien, right? The constant word of the use of the word alien. Yeah,
0: like illegal alien, like you're not. Well, what's what's a legal alien then? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, why even use that term in the first place? Aliens should be reserved for extraterrestrial beings, not for you know, people from a different country. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: You should talk to law enforcement. I'm sure they'll they want to hear that.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. Fucking yeah. putos. Um <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us arrested. <laughs> just whatever. Whatever. I'm mad at the world right now. The world's terrible right now, but that's why I was, like, very excited to to talk about the Chupacom instead. <laughs> concentrate on something else. That's super fascinating. I did not know how racist that X-Files episode was. Yeah. Wow. So, I think, do you have anything else to say about the Chupacabra? I think that's it. This was, yeah, this was a, I thought it was going to be a little bit longer, but there's not too much crazy, unless you want to get really into the Chupacabra, like, there isn't too much crazy, more, more crazy things about it, like... There's these major players like Bradford, Dolentino, Martin, right? All these folks who have done this research,
1: so or have thanks, seen the chupacabra, or
0: have seen the chupacabra. There hasn't, there's been a lot of sightings again, but a lot of the sightings, as I said before, I was looking them up, and they look like they're just dead dogs. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. It's really sad. So that's basically, I guess, the end of uh, this episode. It's our conclusion. Uh, thanks again so much for listening to our show. You know, we just, we really have been loving doing this. Sorry for the long break again. (laughs) We will be, hopefully once our schedules calm down a bit, we're going to go back to maybe doing two episodes a month. I'm hoping at least, I don't know, depending on you and you have possibly a like soundproof room that you might use.
1: Yeah. Once I figure out campus, I have like a soundproof room I can record in.
0: Oh, my God. It'd be a huge difference. Yes, thankfully. So that would be awesome because I'm recording in my closet right now just so that (laughs) I could cut down noise levels. This is how dedicated I am. I'm in my tiny closet surrounded by clothes. And yeah. Yeah.
1: You also made me turn my AC and fan off
0: in a heat wave
1: yes in a heat wave so thank you <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> this is what we do for you listeners <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of which i wanted to give a quick shout out to one of my favorite zombie listeners say thank you so much for listening you're awesome
0: oh yes you told me about him i was like super excited oh thank you say
1: yeah. and what are we going to be talking about next So the next episode is going to be a little weird because it's not necessarily a monster, but it's definitely a myth slash person. We're going to be talking about La Malinche.
0: Yes. I'm excited. Very exciting. And so, again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to continue supporting us, please leave a review. Uh, Just let us know what you think. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends that you want us to cover, let us know. Uh, But also... Follow us on social media. We have a Twitter at Monstras Podcast or you can also email us at Monstras Podcast at gmail.com and that's Monstras with an S at the end. Um and then let's go into just our sources really quickly, because I think that should be something that we should be doing now. Do put our sources a lot of the times in the uh, show notes, like in the little description of the podcast, but I think we should also say it so. One of our first ones is from The Truth Behind the Legend of the Chupacabra from February 14, 2018 by Katie Serena. That one's really interesting. And then you, yours, uh, what's the other one that you found? You mentioned? I think you fin- mentioned this book, right?
1: Yeah. So the other one is by Jorge, Jorge Martín. And it's La Conspiración Chupacabras, El Más Completo Análisis del Inquietante Fenómeno Chupacabras. Wow. Uh, it came out in 1997 in
0: Puerto Rico. Wow. Could you
1: translate that really quickly? Yeah. The the Chupacabra conspiracy, the most complete analysis of the like oh, confusing and discomforting phenomena Chupacabras. Yay. And then, yeah, yeah
0: that's <laughs> awesome. And this is the one that you mentioned to Catherine Kinney, the article, The X-Files and the Borders of Post-Cold War World. Which sounds really awesome, so thank you for doing that, uh, for going into that. I also read an article by Bradford, what is it, what was his name? I already forgot his hmm. name. It's Benjamin Radford, my, my mistake. So Benjamin Radford, I, I read one of his articles as well, and that's what, the one where he talks about his hunt for the chupacabra. That's the article I actually took an excerpt from, uh, and it's, it's called Chasing the Chupacabra, a Lone Star State Legend. Which is not true, because it it does not come Whatever. from Texas. It comes from the PR. So thank you very much. I'm hoping that Chupacabra votes in the primary, presidential election primaries. <laughs> I wonder who he supports. Nice. Is he a is he a Kamala Harris person, or is he a, or because he's evil, he's he's a Donald Trump person. So maybe that's why.
1: Yeah, he's a bloodsucker. That would make sense. <laughs>
0: he's a blood sucker that would make so much sense anyways thank you so much folks for uh listening to us please again review um and yeah leave us some comments and stuff so thank you so much and have a great day and stay cool if you're in one of those hot oh places
1: God. stay cool everybody
0: <laughs> bye, bye.